What's happening? Welcome to the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears and Chris Walton. Today, I went up to London to sit down with uh, a musician called Younger, Y-O-U-N-G-R. I went up to his studio in London. Chris couldn't make it today, unfortunately. Something come up at work, but I sat down with Dario, his real name. Uh, very impressive, uh, talented, accomplished musician. Got some very impressive online numbers he's got over 50 million streams on spotify his videos have been viewed over 40 million times viral videos of his performances such a nice guy very humble very open-minded i really enjoyed talking to him um, i think you're going to enjoy this one too so please welcome younger let's do this all right nice one well thanks again for for your time matt really appreciate it um so you just let me get this right. You play the drums, bass, <laughs> yeah. guitar, keys, and you can sing. Yes. You're kind of taking the piss a bit, yeah. really. <laughs> People always say that. They're like, you can play everything. But uh, I, I, there's way more than I want to learn. Like really? oboes and saxophones and flutes and like something w like weird. Because I can only play like the basic pop really? instruments. Yeah. Right. And I can the play the basic them. pop ones. Do you know what I mean? It's like the ones that you, that you need to to get a, a good dance tune or a pop tune, which is great. Yeah, yeah. But I want to learn something a bit weirder now. Do you play any wind, uh, wind no, instruments? No, I've always wanted to do sax when I was a kid, and then drums took over my life. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, that was your first? Drums were like my first fascination. Was it? I was like, ah, oh, because my dad was a musician, so I went on tour with him, and for some reason, I just gravitated towards the drum at the back. My brother loved guitar, yeah. so he loved the amps and like the sound of the strings and like being a rock star at the front. I liked something about being at the back. Okay, nice. And being like, I don't want anyone to look at me, but I do want to be playing the loudest thing. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like in control. Yeah. But not seen. You can see the whole band sort of thing. Yeah, and you know the drummer's the backbone of the, yeah, of the band, so he's he's usually the one, particularly now in modern music, he's the one that will control the Pro Tools and the Click. Yeah, track yeah, yeah. You, they're usually the MDs, which is kind of crazy. Or the keyboard player, or the, or the yeah, drummers yeah. Are usually the MDs because. Because there's something about being a drummer, you have like an overview of everything. Yeah. You just you kind of hear everything and you're not too tied in your own world. You have the yeah. most broad aspects of what's going People on. People are looking for you for, to time as well. Time, everything, leading them into the next section with the drum fill. Yeah. Bringing them quiet, bringing them, you know, you, you have a lot of power on the drums. I'm sold. Yeah, innit? <laughs> <laughs> Where did it all start then, mate? Where was your first sort oh, of... Oh, man. When did you first... Because I, I get from... Um, doing a bit of research, I get the impression you are, you can see it when you're performing, like right. full passion about music. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're properly into it. No messing around. And that, must, that sort of passion comes from when you're tiny, right? 100%. So I was trying to remember this with my mum the other day. We were talking and then she brought up a VHS clip and I'm in a three-piece suit <laughs> and my mate called Bradley, as you remember, whose dad used to work for Kellogg's. Isn't it weird that you remember things like that? Yeah, right. To, anyway, <laughs> He, he had a, a, a spaghetti shaker because we didn't have a shaker. So my mum just gave him a spaghetti tin. Okay. So he was just shaking a spaghetti. I'm in three-piece suit and I've got that keyboard right there at the top. Yeah. Casio. A little Toys R Us drum kit. And I realised... That exact keyboard. That actual one. Yeah, my mum found it. <laughs> and it still works. Cool. And it's weird. It's the exact setup as younger now. I've got the keys there. The drums <laughs> here and the vocal. And I was like, oh my God, I did it 30 years ago. <laughs> But that was 1996 or seven, it said on the VHS. So, so I was eight. Eight. I was eight. So that's, and I was composing a song about my girlfriend at the time. Was you really? And it went, <laughs> why, why, you are the one for me, the one for me. <laughs> eight, wow. 
<laughs> and that was my jam. That had a little keyboard solo. And then I span around, got to my drums. I had like chopsticks and just went, ah, started bashing. It's great. Wow. Literally still doing the, doing it now. Still doing it. And I, I, guess, I was like, yeah, in interviews, I was like, oh, I still do younger. And I, I thought up younger like five years ago. And, I, and then my mum showed me that. I was like, wait, no, I thought of this 24 years ago or something. But yeah, that was, I guess, eight years, uh, when I was eight. Wow. And But before that, I must have been fascinated. So I guess, yeah, it was, since I can remember. Right. Music has been just in the veins. Because your dad's a musician as well. Dad's musician, so... I, yeah, a realization I've had recently was because I grew up with dad as a musician and being on the road. I went on his tour buses. Did you really? Yeah, he used to bring us up on stage. There was a funny time in Germany. I'll never, one of those memories, you know, those slight memories you just remember yeah. when you're a kid. Um, he, There must have been 20,000 people in this festival in Germany. And dad goes, Everybody, give it up for my two sons. Bring them on. And we're stood at the side. And I just, freeze I'm like I think I'm like seven or eight again right. my brother's nine ten and he's like big head he's like yeah he goes on with his hands in the air he's like look at me I'm just Old, like, older brother fr- older yeah right. I am frozen stiff and dad just hands me a tambourine and I just cry, <laughs> just cry. <laughs> I'm just on stage crying like Meh. I should like so it's all those kind of stages, those environments, backstage, like touring, like that's always been right. part of my memory. So music was always there growing up. Yeah, always. And I guess, you know how people think that music is a pipe dream or parents might go, oh, you know, it's going to be tough being a musician. Or, yeah. Don't go down that route. You should get a proper job. Yeah. I, I kind of saw music as being an income. It, it was as normal as my mum working at the traffic center or at, at the, in perfume shops, whatever. It was yeah. the same thing. Not, right, right. Neither were more out there than the other. So yeah. Because it, your dad did it. Yeah. Right. So it felt normal for me to just pursue that nice. instead of feeling like, oh, this is risky. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? and obviously your parents were never like, it's going to be risky. Exactly. Uh, no, my mum, crazy enough, was supporting it. <laughs> She's really? like, you're crazy. But no, she she was always very supportive and, you know, got the instruments and took me to band practice. I can't tell you the amount of times we put drums in the back of her Renault Scenic. And really? She drove me to Manchester to all the rehearsal rooms. So yeah, crazy supportive. But I've heard stories of people who, who it gets shut down for them. They love music, but their parents are like, nah, man, you're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's sad. I think it's, you know. Yeah, massively. I think, funnily enough, I've got a friend who's... Um, little nephew they kind of asked me about getting into sound engineering recently and how mm. i got into it and what route he might be able to take and they said that he's never he's at his happiest when he's making his music when yeah. he's locked in his room and he's making music yeah they can't get him to do anything else he doesn't want to come out yeah amazing and, and you got you kind of feel for that person because you can feel everyone around him feels like oh he needs to do something with this mm. or well that, that that's positive because they're trying to push him in that direction okay. but at yeah. the same time it's like you worry that at some stage with some kids, it might come to like, look, you need to go and get a job now. I know. Like, stop pissing about in your bedroom making music. Oh, I know, and I hate that because they haven't seen how realistic it can be. Yeah. How easy it is to achieve. I say easy. It's still a long, long road yeah, to right. make any pennies from you. Is it easier or harder now, do you think? Oh. What would your dad's answer to that be? Dad's, dad dad, thinks I'm mental for making music in this climate. He's like, I don't understand what's going on. Really? Don't know what's happening, and I don't know why you're still doing it. <laughs> is he on Spotify? He is on Spotify, but he, he <laughs> so he must get it. It was a that was a an after thing that like his streams on Spotify aren't as high as other people's because it was put on obviously after. But yeah, 
uh, he makes his money from touring still and gigging and, and, okay. and doing that and and record sales and PRS and radio play and all that. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, you make your money from streaming, but it, oh. and touring, right? Is that and lucrative touring. or not? For sure, yeah, touring. Is, if yeah. you can get a good touring business, I make I make a lot of the, the, my living money off off being on the road. Okay, cool. For sure, right? Um, which is great because it's where I love being as well. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love like I haven't been on the road now for like six months, and I'm getting a bit like Arr. yeah, maybe not six, maybe three months. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's harder now. Or before, because I, I can only give my experience yeah, yeah, now. But from what my dad says, it's a crazy, crazy world now because everyone can do it. Therefore, there's more people doing it, yeah. which means it's all spread. But why should there be one person with 10 billion pounds and some music? Why shouldn't it be more spread equally? Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that we might be going down the way of less superstars. Maybe. And more popular yeah loads of popular in their own corners because will now, we ever have less superstars oh, I don't know <sighs> look at like the, the likes of sort of Adele and Ed Sheeran because they're out of the same same thing same, same world and you got same Justin Beavers and now you got the Billie Eilish yeah I think we'll look this society will definitely change it though yeah we'll always want a superstar but yeah. before it was only possible to make a living from being that kind of famous okay, yeah, yeah. now you can make a living without ever being on the radio because uh -huh. you can just have a wicked fan following and, and and it might not even be Spotify but you could stay on the road yeah, and have a great core hardcore fan base that keeps you on the road for, for years yeah. and you might never have a hit yeah and I don't think that was possible before no but you have to still you have to still work at it though right it's not, still graft, it's yeah. not easy to have a YouTube channel is it people don't realise no. yeah oh, we tried to put this podcast on YouTube and I realised how much work it is to actually create <sighs> the video just to get it on there and it was like just to get on this is a shit ton of work and then promoting and then as soon as they watched it they want the next thing instantly yeah immediately yeah because there's one million other things to watch yeah that's <laughs> crazy isn't it That and that's a difficult thing and it feels like a weird time isn't it the attention span <sighs> And I don't know about you, but we're all probably getting a bit bored of social media now. I'm well, so I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to younger people if they're getting bored of Instagram. Right. It feels like everybody's bored of Facebook, but I mean... Oh, Facebook's like... I have not had Facebook in a few years and I'm just seeing more and more people off it. Yeah. Um, but I've, it's great because I've got a sister who's 17 and, it, and she's like my reference point okay, cool, for yeah. me being an old, old man <laughs> and being completely out of the loop. And TikTok's a new thing. Yeah. And I'm, I just go on that and I, I, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Have you been on it? No, but me and my wife, I understand what it is. I understand what it is, but I they, tried... They're even advertising on the telly, actually, at the moment. Are they? Yeah. And that, that kind of sums up what they're doing. It's kind of, it looks quite creative, to be it, fair. It's great because but... you, you can make your own videos and edit and colours. And yeah. It is creative, but it's also vacuous and just nothingness. Yeah. I just watch... <laughs> <laughs> I watch my sisters do it. I'm like, what are you doing? They're but like, she's well into it, right? Well into it. Yeah. They're, they're basically following dance moves of trends that other people are doing. That's right. Goes right over my head, dude. Yeah. But again, I don't think they're getting bored of it. That's no. Getting more. I think that's just as you get older, you realise how pointless it actually is. But then, like I said, to keep you on the road, do you need the social media? Do artists need social media to keep their platform alive? They must do, right? There's some artists out there that don't have it. Like Billie Eilish was just on, just won the awards. And she's like, I'm 17. I've just won five uh, Grammys. She's 17. 17 and five. Oh, I can't remember what she won. She's got a Brit Award the other night. As well, Brit Award, she? five Grammys. She should be the happiest in the world. But she's never been more sad because of the trolling she's getting on the internet. Right. 
and people are calling her a slut people are calling her this and then there's other people saying why are you still wearing baggy it's like just let her be yeah. who she wants to be so she said she's quit the internet really I think her team still has the Instagram but she's not on it anymore yeah. and again Ed Sheeran did the same right he quit he did the media same for a bit. did the same and uh, uh, who's that rapper that that, that amazing oh, amazing album anyway he's on I went on his Instagram he's got like 2 million followers and just one picture yeah. it's to pimp a butterfly oh, who's that Le, uh, I remember he's on Instagram right. so there's these small people I'm thinking man if all these artists keep dropping off Instagram could it be a trend what would the world be like if no artist was on Instagram yeah would would they still sell as many records would, would people still go to their shows I think they would I think they would but it's hard to remember a time without <laughs> it right no but it existed there was just like what one well how did you promote I don't know <laughs> I a couple of posters up, dude. I remember <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, posters, radio, and just and gigging. People would yeah. know you through that. The same. But I, I was telling someone yesterday because they were like, "What's the first band you got into?" Aside from Dad, and I was like, "Simply Red." Simply Red. Really? <laughs> and they were like, "What?" <laughs> that is random. <laughs> when I discovered Fairground again, it was the same age that came out in '97. I was like, "Mum, what is this on the radio? Turn yeah. it up." And I was joined his fan mail club. I used to get a, a good, month. Good percussion in the track as well. Great. The good yeah. men. Yeah, it might have been where the love from James Maybe. came from. Um, I used to get I used to get a letter from his receptionist every month being like, yeah, Mick's just in the studio. And I'm like, oh my God, amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can remember what it was like. And you open, I opened his... CD and I've read who played the keyboards, who played the bass, who played the guitar, yeah. and where they recorded it. I missed that. I with, miss with it. Having a CD and opening the, uh, yeah, the leaflet and even vinyl as well. We vinyl, yeah. DJing and back and in cassette, the day as same well. Thing. Yeah. I used to get his cassettes from the library, come home, record it onto the D deck, yeah. and then return them to the library. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't have social media. He did pretty well. Yeah, right. I don't know. Who knows? But it is. I don't know. I feel like you could probably help yourself by just not reading any of your comments anywhere 100%. on platforms. That seems good to or be... bad. Yeah, you should just be happy with the art you put out and accept that people are gonna take it one way or the other. You don't need to know. But you must crave a little bit of um, I don't know if recognition's the right word. You do, but... you do, because I think that's How part you know of being a musician, right? Yeah, you know that it's good. You're happy with it when you put it out, right? Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, you. You want someone to tell you whether you they do. like it or whether it's your mum or a randomer in Australia, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. You do want that that recognition. I think that's a little bit in every music. That's why we're all tormented souls because we're yeah, like, right. I don't care what you think. I really do care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> please don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please like me, please like me. Yeah. But I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird times. It's, and again, yeah. what with the latest suicide and that's free oh, out dude. of the Love Island. Is it? Yeah, that's three people that have been on Love Island that have now committed suicide. What? It's like... This is the this is the place we're in, man. That, well, that's what I mean. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like social media and we're so mm. connected all over the world, but yet, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but so disconnected at the same time, right? 100%. Because you know my little sister... Savannah was in Love Island last year. Really? She did it for like two days. The whole family was like, don't do it. Right. She's like, no, they've, they've approached me. They want me to go on and do this thing. And it's fine. And she was there. She was in like the holding villa for like a week. Right. And then she went in for two days and just wasn't in there for long. and came back out. But she gained like 100,000 followers or something. And now she's got a YouTube channel from it. But she was like 
quite affected from it afterwards because really? of the people and the comments that you get from the TV, like, coming at you. Do you it's know what mad, I mean? isn't it? You're this, you're that, you're ugly, you're this, you're, you're slut. And it's like, whoa. How do you Would deal? You just attack someone? Right, and she was on it for two days. Now imagine anybody else the comments they must get. Yeah, and how you're supposed to deal with that as a human? Like I always think, I ask this with um with artists that I talk to when they have a different name for their project. Is that like a barrier? Is it a wall that you can kind of hide your personal self from? So if people come and attack you, you know, like Lady Gaga or yeah. or even Freddie Mercury, they've got a wall because they know their real names here, but they they seem to. I don't know, like Billie Eilish is her real name. So yeah. when she gets those comments, does she feel it more personally right. than if it was a different name? It's like, oh no, that's just a character I've made up. Yeah. It must be, how long did you say you've been doing it? About five years now? You're, the what? The, your your current setup, the way you're oh, oh, touring, this, this younger making thing, music. Probably five years, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got ridiculous numbers, haven't you? So, like, how have you? you you're in it now. You're in the, in the, yeah. fucking, in the fire. Weirdly enough... It's it's a strange one because I I mostly see positive comments. Yeah. They're mostly <clears throat> talking about how, like you said, they can see love in what I'm doing and how it's inspired them or made them feel good when yeah. they're watching it. So yeah. they're the kind of comments I get or like the the only time I started to see weird negative comments was when the sweet disposition video on Facebook went viral. Really, and I started to see crazy comments of like keyboard warrior because there's something where i think my videos on youtube facebook instagram it's mainly going to the fans the people that like yeah. me which is a weird thing because you kind of want to reach the other people to make them fans too okay cool yeah but that's when that's when you find the people that don't want to see you and will tell you that which is kind of facebook isn't it which is yeah because it, it when when your video is going viral, I guess it pushes it in front of new people, right? That wouldn't necessarily be watching. Wouldn't necessarily music, watching it, necessarily like it, and you know, what the fuck are you wearing that shirt for, mate? Or yeah, look, you know, and you like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's mainly it's mainly been positive, which is quite nice. But I do wonder, am, am I? I wonder if I'm scared of like that exposure that these huge artists get because I've seen the horrific comments that happen. Yeah. You know, why would anybody want that? Yeah, right. That doesn't bring happiness and joy to your life. It's not what it's about. That's not, not what it's about. It. Me, yeah. me waking up in the morning and thinking of someone's that what they've just commented on my eye color. Yeah. And yeah, you can not let it affect you, but it's there. You've, yeah. You've read it. Well, it, it's just me. It's not as easy as not letting it affect you, though, is it? Yeah, exactly. I'd imagine you must need help with it, particularly. Particularly, you say um, someone like your sister, right? At that, at that age, how old is she, she? When she went on it, she was twenty-two, right. twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-four. So now. at that age, you need some guidance, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and she had a great friend, uh, friendship crew outside of it, and a mum and, and a whole family. So we were all good with it. But the people that don't have that and they let it fester in their mind, all these comments, and yeah. you know they're reading. Well, don't it ask lot. for help. Yeah. Exactly, it's because it's about communication, it's about talking yeah. to each other, which we don't do anymore. Yeah. Which is why podcasts are great. There you go. <laughs> Circling back around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's a crazy time. And I can't, every time I talk about it, because I had a songwriting session yesterday and we were writing a song about a similar kind of thing and there's no answer to it. No, there is. It's isn't. quite stressful because no, you just right. go around in circles. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have insight, though. Yeah. Other than, it feels, I was thinking this on the way up here, it feels like, a bit of a transition period where social media is changing. We're all a bit bored of it. I think awareness for 
the negatives of it are really strong at the moment. Yeah. Um, Billie Eilish being so honest, you know, Brit's speech the other night, I think things like that will help raise more awareness of it. Yeah, dude. Again, we've tragically lost people. I think it's going to... I think I think it's shifting slightly, but it's like a weird transition period, isn't it? It is, and also like, I think what were you doing? Yeah, what's happening? Mindfulness is becoming more of a thing. It's okay to say you do it. Yeah, it, and it's a whole. There's a whole movement I'm seeing with the meditation and the and and the taking care of yourself and communicating, and that it's gonna eventually, you're gonna we're gonna realize oh social media is really bad for us. Yeah, let's cut that down. Yeah, or let's use it for us. Our businesses, not personal, or yeah. something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's going to be a way that we use it because it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. The, the way I've been able to play Mexico and Latin America and Colombia is literally through Instagram really? and Facebook. I get gigs for weddings, for private gigs, just from some dude on Instagram. Hey, dude, do you do private events? I'm like, yeah, man, hit my manager up. Maybe there's another way of them contacting me, but. Right, yeah. It was Instagram that's, that, that it happened. I guess it's down to us as individuals, isn't it, to use it in the right way and notice. 100%. Check ourselves every now and again. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the answer. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. But yeah, life's about balance, man. Yeah. That's, the, that's what I'm realising. Yeah. You can do it, but just have moments where you're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So back to uh, back to your... Was... <clears throat> Was Simply Reg your first first album you ever owned? Dude, first love, yeah. I think it was uh, Picture Book was really? the name, which is funnily the name of my first band. Yeah. <laughs> my managers in Liverpool were like, you know when you do, this is when I was 20 or something, I went to a, a music school in Liverpool called yeah. Lipper. Um, and they were like, when you have interviews, can you not tell people you named the band after Simply Reg? <laughs> it's like, no, man, I'm proud of it. Yeah, it sounds fuck um, right off. Yeah, in it, in it. And you know what? I was actually really annoyed about this. I, three years ago, Out My System, my song, came out and it was on BBC Introducing and it got played on Radio 1 and I was in a function band at the time and I was in a van with all the function band going down to Wiltshire to play a wedding. It's like a 10-piece band. I was the bongo guy yeah. in, the, in, the, in the wedding band. And on, I was on the phone to I wish I could remember one of the presenters for Radio 1 yeah. and we're chatting we're chatting and she's like so what bands are you into I'm like oh well favourite band ever Simply Red and she's like yeah sorry Younger we're going to have to end that call now and it was like a big joke and, and, and she just wouldn't drop the fact and I wanted to say <clears throat> 10 years ago you were playing that record every week every yeah, day right. sorry it's not cool anymore is it not <laughs> yeah I was like, what's this beef against Simply Red about? Yeah. It's great music. Well, there's a lot of music snobbery out there generally, That's isn't there? That's what it, it was. It was full-on music snobbery. But um, put a dampener on that. But yeah, <laughs> Picture It was the first thing. And then I got into... Then the second album was Life. with was Fairground. Yeah. It's just a whole load of Simply Red. What other, what other artist bands do you think of when you're thinking of your childhood and growing up? Uh, James Brown. My dad used to play James Brown. Fela Kuti yeah. was introduced to me at an early age. And then Cab Calloway and like Miles Davis, all these all these guys and Frank Sinatra, one of the like old school yeah. artists. And then when I was about I don't know, ten or eleven, I started getting into like Pharrell and Timberland. Okay, yeah. And like R and B productions and then it was Incubus. Have you heard of Incubus? No. Incubus, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. Limp Biscuit, Deftones. Then I started going through my rock phase where I cool. started getting to drums. Yeah. Um and then Calvin Harris happened. And it was a strange... He, he brought out a tune called I'm Not Alone. Yeah. Was, ding, 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 ding. 
and it was like dance R&B pop and I was like and it kind of blew my mind a bit yeah, and yeah. that's when I went down the dance electronic route yeah. when I was like 20 because Calvin with that Calvin album yeah you've just kind of made me realise he was actually he's a bit of a Dude, bit of a groundbreaker, isn't he, really? Dude, well, it, he's a lot of a groundbreaker. Yeah, man, because before that he was doing If I'm Not On My Own, Then I Can't Then yeah, with yeah, Dizzy yeah, Rascal. Course, yeah. And yeah, is it acceptable and in girls, the yeah. 80s? So he had all these kind of twee, cool, poppy, LCD sound system kind of jams. Yeah. And then he just went down this pop dance route. And it really grabbed my attention there. Yeah, when, yeah. When that happened, yeah. He's a G. He's just, and now he's making like breakbeat warehouse rave tunes. Yeah, yeah. I think he just does what everyone wants to do. Which is cool. Which is great. Which is very he's cool. Got a large bank account as well, so he doesn't have to rely yeah, on yeah. each other. <laughs> like, yeah, what the high, highest paid? Um, yeah, highest DJ, paid DJ, right? 2018. Which, which again, must for his journey. I'd love to talk to him. Oh. like insane, right? Insane. I can't even imagine just flying around the world, having a grand old they do time. Like, yeah, do they? They do like three gigs a night sometimes on private jets, trying to beat time things and doing like Vegas, yeah, and yeah. American residency. That must be a lot of fun. But again, yeah. like. You do that too much, and you end up like uh, it was at Avicii, because he was doing he was doing it so hard, so like three gigs a night and drugs and alcohol, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Balance, man. Yeah. Is that happiness being that big that, that you that I don't know. Yeah, again, and that must be a weird one to to manage with the with the fame, and then mm. being a bit isolated and, mm. and losing a lot of your own privacy and freedom. I'd imagine eventually, right? Almost all of it. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A famous person can't just nip to the shop. Yeah, it's funny. Create havoc. Was it Heather Mills on your show? Was like the worst thing anyone can try and do is become famous. Of course, yeah, she did, <laughs> I remember yeah. she was like, "That's so true." Yeah, that's or, or try and become famous. You can become successful, and maybe you can deal with the fame. But to be just try, and that's what I think a lot of the culture are doing now. Yeah, they just want to be famous. Yeah, Love Island. Yeah, we're all these TV shows. They we just we they're just trying to be famous. Famous for, for what? whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not man. necessarily healthy thing to do, is mm, it? As we can see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Did you grow up in Liverpool then? No, I grew up in Manchester. Oh, okay, right, cool. So I was I was near Stratford, Old Trafford way right. with my mum, and then went to uni when I was like eighteen in Liverpool. Right. But yeah, Manchester. I don't know if I I do love Manchester. Every time I gig there, I'm like, oh, this is a great place. I don't know if I'd live back there. Yeah. But Liverpool was also loads of fun yeah have you been yeah i have spent yeah some time yeah, there yeah it's such a wicked city the it people is. are so wicked cool. people aren't they love a scouser yeah they're just yeah. so cool the local crew in liverpool shout out to them um, nice. that help so for those that don't know what local crew are they are hired help to help us load in a gig basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the lip on them is just ridiculous oh, like they're so funny so much you'd literally met them seconds later they are ripping the piss out ripping of you. you yeah 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 it's so great <laughs> but you can't help but love them at the same time can't help but love them it's, it, yeah it's wicked yeah great fun got some great uh great friends in the industry that are scousers mm. um what was uh what was school like for i'd imagine you're you know you're well into your music there Do you mm. get a chance to kind of learn and express that sort of thing in school or is it all stop stop drumming the desk and get on with your maths well I think I was quite lucky in a high school it's when I started learning the drums properly in year 11. Uh, it was in a school in Manchester and they were pretty supportive of it. I had a wicked music teacher there who always let me go into the music room and at lunch and dinner. So every That's break what you was doing, is it? I was there every lunch and dinner playing on the keyboards and learning how to produce on computers there. 
because we didn't have a computer at home. Uh-huh. So I couldn't do it. So I was really supportive. And, the, and my dad forced me to have piano. I used to hate piano lessons. Really? He's like, trust me, son, you'll thank me when you're older. And I do now. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at how many keyboards <laughs> I know, so many keyboards. <laughs> So many keyboards. Imagine I didn't know how to play any it of them. It must be a great foundation. I've always thought that when I used to dabble in yeah. making music, I didn't really know about chords and scales and mm. that sort of structure. It must be a really good base to start. Oh, I'm so glad I stuck with it. Really? Just knowing what chords and what works and what doesn't is so helpful on every instrument. Yeah. If you pick up any instrument, you use that knowledge. Really? just foundation yeah just yeah. what chords and harmony does so when you so that that was the first instrument you learned was it is Dr- well drums and then drums and piano at the same time properly okay, right. like my fascination with drums like i said yeah. but then i properly was learning in high school from like age 10 through to 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 lipper to 18 you, when you start learning piano and imagine there's a lot of it you're just like teach me how to play my favorite song and, 100%, and, you're, and, you're, yeah. and your teacher's like no no nah. we're, we're just doing chords we're doing, today yeah yeah we're doing scales first finger second finger third finger scales c major and then we're going to do a minor and you're like oh this is so boring but yeah. it's great now but you push through it and yeah yeah i remember i used to cry outside my piano teacher's really? house because <laughs> my brother would do 30 minutes first and i'd be like okay. i don't want to go in um so you do scales and then i would learn in high school I was learning classical with the, with the teacher, and he was he was a wicked teacher. And then I requested to do jazz because I was more interested in jazzy chords and okay. the harmony there. So I had a great time learning it. I got up to I didn't get up to high grades. I think I got up to grade five with drums and like stopped at grade two on piano. Okay. So I kind of I wasn't militant with the grading or the learning. I, I what would happen with me is I would take my piano homework home because right. I have to do the thing on my keyboard. I'd do a scale and learn a chord and it would go, oh, that sounds like a song. And then I was okay. just going to a song. Right. I'd stop rehearsing, stop practicing. And now all of a sudden the light switched on and you're in it. Yeah. 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 So every time I practice now, I'm doing like drum rolls and I'm like, actually, that'd be a dope beat if I just did. And then I'm off. Okay, cool. Which is cool, but it's bad because I never bloody practiced. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy with what, with my ability on, on the instruments. I always think I can be better at them. Maybe I will do one day, but. Yeah. Um, I think you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, le- the high school was was no one was ever like, "What are you doing?" Right. Everyone was always like, "Ah, oh, he's the music dude." Yeah, yeah. He's the, the weird music kid that just loves music. Yeah. Because I did music competitions from like twelve, and he used to play like I remember learning um, "Trouble" by Coldplay, and I won the music competition in that. So I was like the guy that won the music competition. I loved it. Now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe I should have, yeah, stuck with this piano. Yeah, thing. exactly. So every year it's just, so everyone was really supportive and it was fun. And then obviously I went to a, a music uh, university, yeah. which is funded by Paul McCartney and like sponsored by. Yeah. So funnily enough, there's a lot of great sound engineers out there that of come course, out of Lipper. Of course. Yeah. I know so a lot many. of them. Yeah. So there's a few different courses you can take. Is, is it university? Sorry. Yeah. It's a uni. So, or you can do foundation, uh, diploma. Yeah. Or there's a management course, which my manager went on. I've uh-huh. known him for 12 years. And he's now oh, my manager. Okay, so there's other industries. Music, there's performing arts, and there is like business, uh, management okay, and right. dance. Right, cool. Yeah, so there's just a bunch of... Cra- it's like when you go to the cafeteria, it's an, it's an episode of Glee or something. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe slightly less camp. Yeah, yeah, they're all just doing jazz hands and, and eating bloody 
salad upside down. Yeah, <laughs> but they're doing they're doing something right because there are so many great engineers. Yeah, dude, it, that have come out of there. It's such come a, out of a wicked knowledge, really yeah, good knowledge. Yeah, because the 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 rooms, your studios, you have to just go book okay, are like great. top quality desks and yeah. the knowledge you get. But I mean, my time there was nuts. I I auditioned I auditioned to get in, didn't get in. That sent me a rejection letter because I think I didn't play some of the rudiments right on the right. drums. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to Leeds with my girlfriend at the time. We had our whole life set out. And I was like, right, we had our holes yeah. together and everything. And then my friend was like, dude, my mum just bought me a flat. I got a free second bedroom. Why don't you reapply for Lipper and come to Liverpool Uni in the time being and play some bands? And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I had to call my girlfriend. I was like, hey, you know that life we'd planned out? None of that's happening. I've got another idea. I'm going to Liverpool. <laughs> so I did but that. Yeah, did my year of Liverpool Uni, passed my exams and went straight to second year Lipper. Okay. Yeah, and then and then messed around and joined bands and basically the people I met in my time at Lipper are all the people I work with now. Really? All the guys, the musicians I work with and it was I don't know if I learned anything. Probably learned something, but I would say that my time there was meeting people. Yeah. I'm probably learning through music with them, yeah, but academically not sure right have a lot of fun as well though, <laughs> it right? was loads of fun loads of jamming loads of like bands and learning and failing and being broke and trying to make money in bars and playing drums and so i guess you learn in something but yeah yeah very theory much so. i don't know i'd learned my theory i don't know and like you said you'd already got that uh can you remember kind of having that in your head that right? I'm going to make money out of music. It's going to be my career. Were you chasing that, or were you just no? Fun playing never music, happened. Right? Yeah, it was, I was just. I, I used to work in Zara, right. folding clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got to human live... traffic style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got to uh, Liverpool, and I was like, I'm going to have to get a job because my student loans running out. Right. I forgot about those things. Student loans. Yeah, right. So I was like, maybe I'll work in the body shop. That smells nice. Have you paid it off yet, the student loan? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's still chipping away. Yeah. And then I was at an open mic night at a place called Hannah's Bar. Okay. And uh, a good friend now is st still gigging uh, called James. It was like, anyone want to play drums? And I was like, I'll play drums. Got up, jammed. And from that point, he asked me back. And then he's like, do you want 50 quid to play now? For And I was like, yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? 50 quid, 10, p 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. Yeah. 50 quid, free drinks. Loads of attention from girls. Yeah. What more do you want in your life? <laughs> Let's go. When you're 18. So that happened. And then I basically got two of them a week, then three of them a week. Then I was doing weddings. And then it just happened because I wasn't right. ever trying to do it. It just, just kind of happened. just happened because I loved jamming on the drums. And, right. Did yeah. you ever have any like kind of performance anxiety or was you always no. just in the... I was in the zone, I was really? going for it, yeah. I'll tell you what actually did happen because I, like I was saying, I was fascinated with being at the back, yeah, but being the guy in control. It, when I did Younger, I was on my own yeah, and people were looking at front me. Front and centre. Right, so for the first, you'll notice in my first <clears throat> videos, I've got my drums in front okay. and my mic to the side. And as I started doing more and more sets, I was like, that's stupid, letting people see a um, there's a drum kit in the way they can't see me yeah so now my drum kit's to the side keyboard's there and i've like opened it right and now they can see me in the middle yeah now i've got a bit more confidence wearing a terrible shirt wearing a terrible shirt with my <laughs> shit hair now they can see me doing that yeah yeah whereas before i must have been subconsciously afraid right or i wouldn't have put the drum kit in front of me okay yeah i would have well. been like yeah this is my time yeah but it took me a little safety barrier exactly yeah. it took me a year and a half to get rid of that really yeah you, you actively did it Actively was like, I need to open this up now because 
I, I need to put myself out there. I'm hi- I can feel myself hiding yeah, on the yeah. show. Fair place, yeah. Yeah, but I think that came through a lot of sitting down myself and going and just like getting to, getting to grips with not fears. Yeah, yeah. Instead of going, no, not fears. Oh, yeah. I'm just, you know, I've got no fears. Yeah, I'm not scared. You're scared. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When did you decide to um, um, release release a single on your own? Because I see um, a lot of the stuff says self-released, and I'd imagine a lot of people don't actually know what that means mm. and how hard that is to do. Talk us through that that first single. And, and yeah. You did it all on your own, right? Yeah, dude. Spun, I, I paid for it by the when I was doing in the bongos. I was playing the bongos. I was the bongo guy for like six years. Right. But I made loads of money from it because you just, loads of gigs and loads of club gigs and loads of weddings so I would use that money to pay for the studio which would pay for the videos that you see and all the mixing I had to get someone to mix it because I wasn't that good then and then we'd have to pay for the upload of so it so you'd go into a studio would you? no I, I yeah. had a studio in Hackney Wick that I hired it was like th- just this one room okay um, wicked place I was there for six years it was such a cool place me and my brother shared it um, but again it was like 900 quid a month yeah. on top of the rent that I was paying which was 800 quid a month so I was like right. just it's a lot of money. You're pumping money into Pump, it. Right? Yeah, and so I was, and then on top of that, you had to you had to get the video video guy to come down, and that uh-huh. costs money. So to do a self release and to get content, and then we'd go to I think it was Purple PR we used back in the day. We have to get a good PR team to then push it to people, get blogs to talk about it. So my manager was was amazing. He he had loads of contacts and 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 got it great. At what point did you decide PR team? I'm going to get a manager? Uh, I've always had so my first band from Liverpool Picture Book we had a manager right and then that they we we got rid of those managers and the manager that I have now managed that band right so that band turned into another band and then that band stopped it was all with my brother it was yeah. all my brother projects and then one day I was like screw you bro I'm going solo yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so the whole journey I had a manager right so it was kind of like normal just to me. Also, my manager. dad's very like manager right. bro. Because, and so I've always seen, I just think you do need a representative that someone, when you're when you're asleep or something, or you're not working on it, someone's there yeah. championing you, yeah. talking about you, trying to get you in the things. Again, and, not doing it on your own, really. Yeah, man. So I, you are doing it on your own, but you're not kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I speak to a lot of artists who don't have managers and I'm like, it's yeah, so tough on your own yeah. without somebody championing you. Like it's possible, it's doable. But it's every second of your day. Because right. as well as trying to like tap into this creativity that we don't know that comes from, we don't know when it comes. Right. You've then got to put that aside and think as a business person. Yeah. And think, how am I going to sell this? Is yeah. it sellable? What? Who's going to want to use it? And that's the people that are doing that. I I salute them. Yeah. And take my hat off to them because I I couldn't. I, the business side of me is dire no idea i feel like you must get it though you must i get it in a way that i get it but i i, I don't enjoy it okay yeah. do you know what i mean there's yeah. my manager loves it okay cool. i think there's certain people that go to the management course in lipper who are like i love managing things yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love a spreadsheet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean and those people are not musicians <laughs> yeah <laughs> funny enough he actually was a, a bassist in a muse cover band back really? in switzerland which is hilarious but um yeah, having that help in hand, or having the right hand man, is uh, is really really handy. Yeah. So yeah, we um, it was disappear. I think was the first single. I think we got a video done. We just we we were quite. I was quite lucky in having the concept of me and the going round and the circular thing. It's very cheap and easy. Yeah. Because what you're focusing on there is me. Yeah. 
there's no tricks other than I'm looping and doing it myself. But it's just a dude that loves playing music in a room and there's a camera going around him. Yeah. And that actually happened for me after a gig in Liverpool. I must have been 22. Calvin Harris just brought out Flashback. A okay. song called Flashback. Acapella was online. Downloaded it off YouTube. I've just bought Ableton. The, my program, my music program. Music software, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a new thing in Ableton where you can loop over and over again while something's playing. And I just, I'm going to try that. It's two in the morning, came back after a gig, still have my bloody braces and my hat on from the show. Yeah. Put, put it in and I looped the keys, looped the drums, looped the thing. And that's the first thing that I ever did as this looping guy. But he wasn't okay. called Youngie. He was called, I think I called it Dreamy. Uh, <laughs> it was Dreamy D's, dr no, it's Dario Darnell's Dreamy Drum Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> And that video is somewhere and it's hilarious. But that's that from that video got contacted by the guy who worked for, a guy who worked for Coca-Cola who wanted me to perform the Olympics relay tour and do a remix with they made a song with Mark Ronson and Katie B out of do, Sounds do, of Sport. Do, 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 do. Yeah. That. I remixed that on stage at the Coca-Cola relay thing. Was that in Leeds? I did it in Leeds, yeah. I was fucking working on that gig. No way. I mic'd up your kit. I've just realised. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> was, you, was there somebody else on stage with my you? My brother. Shit. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. We did Leeds, Glasgow, London. Yeah. And whatever the five others were. Yeah. Dude. That's crazy. <laughs> so you would have seen me jamming there. I was on the drums. He was on like APCs. Yeah. And we had the hand. Those. Look. Those fucking things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had them, we were playing them. Da, do, do. And he went, chariot. And there was like sounds of ping pong balls and badminton rackets. Funny enough, right? I remember really enjoying that tune. I'm thinking, this is a fucking banger. Every, <laughs> every time you now hear Coke, um, yeah. do, 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 do. It always makes me think that that Leeds gig was banging. It was sick. Because it, it went was... into like drum and bass. Anywhere in the world. Yeah. All this time, I've done a gig with you. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I love that that was captured live. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a wonderful moment. Crazy. I don't even know where I was going with that, but we got there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was a great gig anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that was a fun thing to do. Where was I going where with that? Where was we going with that? Uh, Self-releases and then video. Oh, how the, how I had pieces of content that, that was easy. That yeah, was... sorry, you, you got the gig. That was the yeah. gig. That was the video that, that really kicked off the idea of Younger. Yeah, okay. that That flashback video. Then it went through pitch book and then I was like, all right, I'm going to make this a proper artist thing. So it was, it was easy for me to promo that those first releases because I had the video. Yeah. And I feel, when when artists are like, oh, what should I do for this release? And you, they've just got the song. I'm like, find something which is visually great to watch and share. Okay. Something that people will want to go, yo, dude, check See, this out. See, now that's your business head thinking though. I guess it is. Yeah. I guess it is. That's not just the creative that's side That's not just the creative that's, guy. That's, yeah, that's true. Because when I get this out there, now. yeah. Because when when I see a video that I love, I'm like, oh, I want to show this to my brother. I want to show this to my all my friends, and and it's yeah. a great feeling that yeah. sharing something. So, and a video in this day and age, I think, is one of the easiest things to share across, or you know, more than a song. Yeah. Even though songs do get shared, but something about watching a video that you're right, yeah. Particularly yeah. your style of performance as well. Mm. It's quite, it's pretty pleasing on the eye. It's like shit. Look at all that stuff. He's right, got. right. All the stuff, stuff. He's doing and you're dancing yeah. and yeah, and wearing a silly the type shirt. of wearing a silly shirt, um, <laughs> and the type of music everyone yeah. else is into it. They're dancing again. The um, the video you said about earlier that went viral on YouTube. Morning Glory. 
Um, no, it wasn't Morning Glory. Oh. It was what was it? The, which one? The one on Facebook. Yeah. Was it Morning Glory? Sweet Disposition. Sweet Disposition. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry. The venue was called Morning Glory. The right. event was called Morning okay, Glory. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And Morning Rave at six a.m. Yeah. Um, and people just going nuts. But that sort of vibe, yeah, it's uh, wicked. And lovely. Yeah. You can see you're into it, and that's the kind of message I really want to spread through the music. Though it's just like love, happiness, warmth, togetherness. Yeah. yeah. I always want to make them. I always want that to be the goal. Really. For my music, yeah. And you think you're, I guess you're thinking and kind of feeling that when when you're making it as well. Yeah, hundred right? percent. Because if you're feeling it, then I'd imagine you're thinking other people are going to dig this. Yeah, it's contagious. Yeah. Positivity is contagious, man. Yeah. And And you can't fake it, yeah. Can't fake it, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Mm. There's a lot of moody, edgy things at the moment. Yeah. And it's cool. Some of it's great. Doesn't spread into me and and inspire me, though. It makes me go into myself, Uh which sometimes is all right, but... How do you feel about Dave's performance on um, the Brits? Oh, my God. You're the third person to tell me now. I should probably watch it. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Was it? Yeah. Yesterday, someone was like, it's the best thing I've ever seen, ever. Well, I mean, that's pretty strong, but... <laughs> uh, performance. A record, yeah. uh, like a it video. Was, yeah. Again, their production on it was amazing. Um, very strong. Pretty thought-provoking. Yeah, right. At okay. times, uncomfortable. Right. Um, good uncomfortable, like... Good uncomfortable, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I need to watch that, because my sister sent me the link, and then someone did me though. Yeah. But it's that's. I think it's important, but yeah, it's not not what we're talking about with the, with the positivity and the kind of mm. love. But it, it's it's coming from that place. I it's guess, coming isn't it? from that place, and it's trying to raise awareness for the wrongs that are happening. I'm guessing. Yeah. And all the all the bad things that happen, but also there's a space for everything. Yeah. That everyone was doing absolutely uplifting your music. But oh my god, someone give me some Radiohead or something. I need. Some, I need some. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I need some moody music for a rainy train or something. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's moments for music. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, which is like, um, you just reminded me of what you said when you um talking about creativity. You don't know when it's coming. You mm. can't really control it. And like you said the other, um, when you got home, you just got your bit of software and it was two in the morning. But yeah. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're I'm in your software and you're playing with your loops and that. Yeah, dude. And then you're switched on. There's a great quote from Dr. Dre. And unfortunately, oh, I can't sick. remember what it is. But oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you built me just, up then. Yeah. You built me up. Check, you'll find it on Instagram. Just, okay. There's a wicked picture of him surround, in, in his studio and it, and it is based along the lines of um, you can't control when, when you're on, but when you're on, you have to it's, you have to stay with that moment. You have to see it out, whether it's you know, you two go. in the morning. Yeah. and you got to put food aside. you got to yeah. put... And I yep. kind of love that about musicians and making music and this space you've got here mm. um, is that kind of that when you're in that creative zone, your time's just gone, right? Time's you're forgetting gone, to man. eat. It doesn't matter what the time is, Dude, you're going. I can't tell the amount of times it gets to 11 p.m. I go, I haven't eaten. Yeah. Fuck. And then all of a sudden, then you realise how tired you are and, and your everything eyes are a mess. slaps you in the face. Yeah. Yesterday was a prime example. I was jamming with this girl and ended up getting to like half 10 usually we end sessions at like 5pm but we were, just, we were just in a zone and as soon as 10.30 struck and we both went and there's, there's something that happens when you're in a room and the energy lulls and you know it's coming to a stop where you it happens and you both just go oh and it's like a wave of tiredness and you're like let's just go home now. Yeah, and you realise you've got an hour tube home and yeah. like, <laughs> have you ever slept in the studio yeah. and then just got up and Cracked straight back on. No, I get up and I go for an hour-long walk. Oh, really? Because when you get up, the last thing you want to do is 
okay, yeah. be in it. Unless you've got a deadline. But usually yeah. when I wake up, Netflix is still on. And I'm like, because there's no natural light. Yeah, no yeah. No oxygen in here. Yeah. So you feel horrible. Yes, to go for what about? Yeah, I've slept in my studio many a time. Yeah, figured as much. Um, have you seen, I harp on about it all the time, it's my favourite documentary in yeah. the world, um, The Defiant Ones. Yes. That's with Dre, Eminem. Dre, Eminem and um, Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. Jimmy Iovine. Oh, my God. Just amazing. Oh, yeah. my God. That made me go, fuck, I'm born of the wrong generation. Let <laughs> me go, music's not what it was. That's yeah. what. It, that's that kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. But wow, what a story they've got. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of starts, because again, I rewatched it, that kind of starts with Jimmy Iovine talking about his time as a engineer in the studio and working, yes. working with Bruce Springsteen. Of course. And I remember how hard they said they were pushing him and it was like, look, this is... Bruce's album and like when he wants to record like nobody's going anywhere until we're done and, yeah and he would be getting the ump and then all of a sudden something snapped one day and he, and he got it but yeah dude like my dad tells him the same thing he'd have sound engineers fall asleep on the sound desk while he's doing a vocal take yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Dr- and drummers like the drummer fell asleep on a on a, <laughs> on a recording session once and just fell back off his chair yeah but I don't think that I don't think much of that happens much anymore because of like unions Okay. And you got like right. the musicians where you have to take a break every every whatever and yeah. which I think is probably a good thing to be honest because having someone up for 27 hours recording a vocal probably isn't a good thing yeah I suppose but I bet it does interrupt the creative definitely interrupts flow the flow yeah for sure because I sure. guess there's something that people that don't really know what goes into making music mm. don't realise you, you might spend hours getting one kick drum sound right yeah hours just tweaking it hours. and then you find yourself going absolutely mad i'd imagine you're like, nuts i've been working on this one drum yeah, <laughs> yeah. so when it's finally hours, ready and, and i've got a whole album to finish i got a whole exactly and you're just trying to get one thing but it's it's a nuts process and if you ever laid it out in front of someone they'd probably think why would i ever do that right but you're not thinking in the moment uh-huh. you're just doing was it hard did you find it hard what making your album sorry um n- no no I didn't actually. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, you made it here in this very room. Made it here in this very room. Um, I bought a piano. I bought a Rhodes, a Fender Rhodes. I've wanted for like 10 years. I bought yeah. it and it's the first thing I played on it became the first song of the album. Yeah. Memories. And then everything else just flew into place. I had the keys and there was like just a sound and it was all just like me exploring myself. Right. And things that avenues I hadn't gone down before yeah and the only I guess the only tough part was maybe the finishing bit the creating right. bit was actually really easy and because I just mind melt it's gone bleh. yeah then rap, you know, I do drums and I do piano then I do this and guitar and bass just like you see in the videos how do you structure all that though you must have so many ideas like falling oh, out of you literally yeah you're so many so you I've, I'll have like right. a, a a clip in Ableton running around on the bass and I'll record 20 minutes of it right and then I'll choose one, like two second loop okay. that's the best or something or, or or play through a couple. Anyway, but the, um, yeah, structuring, it's just mind melting. I guess it's, and that's what's hard, choosing the best bits okay, right. after it all. And then the finishing process, I always find difficult. What is the finishing process? It's like the finesse, like what the drum beat should be or what, how it should. Is that what a producer would do? Yes. Right. So I'm doing the songwriting bit and the creating bit and then being producer and the engineering bit and engineer all of it yeah yeah whereas when I'm working with my brother or, or you're working with someone someone's taking a role yeah 
and it makes everything easier because right. you can just focus. Like yes, like today when that with that guy there, I was the producer. Yeah, okay. he was writing the song, he was writing the lyrics, he was writing the. I was focused on the drum sound and how it should go into the chorus, and that was great. So when I do all that things, it then takes the, takes me another couple of weeks to to step away, and go. There are all the ideas. Come back in, and then maybe well, you literally take a week or so uh, off. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Really? I, it's funny. The actual process is me by a piano with a voice note, or me and a songwriter will come in. Like on Superman, this guy called Dan McDougal came in with the idea of the title Superman, yeah. and we kind of wrote a story around it. And my friend Tim Woodcock, who I wrote out a system with, and Ooh Lordy, and written like loads of songs with him. We just voice note an idea, and I'll take it. And I won't touch it for two weeks. Yeah. And then by myself, I'll come into here, play the voice note, and I'll go, that's what needs to happen. Right. Record the vocal and just as a, a rough. And the same way I do my bootlegs, like the Calvin Harris yeah. remix, I have that vocal playing on loop, and I'll have, then I'll just record loops of piano ideas, loops of a drum, loops of bass, loops of percussion, bongos. And then I'll come in here and go, whoa. Another two weeks away from it, come back in and then make it into a structure into a song. Right. So it's like, there's like layers to it. Yeah. If I did try to do it all in one, I think something would suffer. Yeah. If I tried to produce it when I was writing it, the lyrics would suffer. Okay. If I tried to finish it when I was producing it, the the the, the, the sound of the drums would suffer or something. So yeah. I, I think I used to do that because I was on a major label and that's how it kind of operates. In a demo, when in a day when you do a songwriting session, you're almost expected to email them at 6 p.m. with a finished sounding record. Yeah. And I kind of liked the hustle, but looking back, I'm like, that is bizarre. Some <laughs> songs came out that sound pretty much identical to the day we wrote them. Right. And to me, that's not laziness. Maybe it's laziness. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Demoitis, but it shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You should, I should write the song, go away with it, not send it to anyone, listen to it again, see if I still like it. Yeah, right. You know, I could list you songs that were on that first album that I genuinely don't like, but the label were like, you should do this. Really? Because Radio 1 will play it. And I was like, okay. Right. And they didn't play it. Okay. And I was like, why did I do that? Yeah. Now there's something online that I don't like. So the first, so your first, um, first album was with, recorded with a label, was it? Kind of. It's called This Is Not An Album. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it was basically nine singles and on the tenth single we bundled them all into an album right so it's not really an album okay so I was like it'd be a funny name to call it this yeah, is yeah. not an album um, so that was with Island Records okay yeah so and it was a great time it was a great great time and I was learning and I'm not blaming anyone but there was definitely they were pushing ideas and because I wasn't strong I didn't have enough of an image uh, or an idea of what I wanted to do I was up for trying ideas kind of going with it yeah yeah and looking back I'm like damn I should have been more assertive well good learning curve as well yeah man yeah but you and with a label now yeah Yeah, I'm with Armada now okay out of Amsterdam like a dance label and they're wicked right I love the Dutchies man excellent they know how it goes but um yeah they're wicked it's just it's more of an independent label it's more control on my side and it's more like and I'm I know now I've got to be the one yeah. in that driver's seat. I'm like, this is what it is. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, you can give me your, your ideas. Yeah. And if one of them clicks, I'm like, oh, sick. But I'm not going down the route of you should release this because we think it's going to do this. I'm yeah, like, sure. I've got to believe in it and love it. Yeah, it must be a funny relationship that, and again, talking about managers um, and the musicians, I've always wondered what the musicians um, sort of 
ideas and thoughts about the industry are like it always like when i watch the brits i always yeah. think is this just a bunch of really rich music execs getting pissed and is it all a bit slimy or Shit. but i always wonder yeah but then you see i also get the impression that musicians really appreciate their teams and their labels as well but mm. i think there is this bit of there's like a for people that aren't in the industry and don't really know it you feel like the management side of the music industry and the record company side is a bit slimy and a bit yeah, you hear all the horror stories the from back in the day, right? And there's a there's a movie called uh, Kill Your Friends. Have you heard of it? No. I think it was a book first. It's brilliant. It's based on that. It's like how how it's just cutthroat of all this all the suits and all the drugs and yeah. Back in like the nineties, when it's loosely based on a I think London record company, I think they were called or, or back the space Spice Girls around yeah, that time, yeah. and how yeah. it was just so sleazy and how it's so fucked up. And I think some of that still goes on, but if you find your right team. We're all just human. We're all the same. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're no different. They know. They know just as much as we know as musicians. Everyone's yeah. just trying to make great things. Yeah. And maybe make a book out of it. Yeah. Maybe there's some people that care more about the book. Yeah. Than the art. That the book is in B U C K. But um, uh. Yeah. So the sleaziness does happen. And oh, I don't know because I don't like to blame. I don't like to go down that world of yeah. This no, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm really happy with my team at the moment. Yeah. But what something really interesting I heard that not a lot of people were, were thanking songwriters and producers yesterday. Right. Was it, was it yesterday, the Brits? Yeah, uh, day before. Day before. So, and that's really interesting to me because they're the people that write the songs. The, the reason why they're on that stage winning the things. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently not a lot of the songwriters and producers were mentioned, which is interesting because they're, they're so behind the scenes that they're not even seen. Yeah, right. There's so many songwriters out there hustling hustling on publishing deals trying to get cuts and yeah right it's a wild world man yeah absolutely wild and people wouldn't know wouldn't people don't know that yeah right and it would be great if someone went up and went yes these three people helped me write this song on spotify now yeah, you yeah. can you can click the little three dots and it says show credits oh really on okay. a song and you can see who's written the song yeah which is really nice, nice. On some songs there's like 10 writers right crazy really yeah so i'm really interested to see who's writing their own stuff and who's who's got co-writers and yeah interesting to see you should check it out. next song you like you're curious about it check out the show credits there's up to there can be up to like 10 Dude, writers some of justin bieber's really? album there's like 10 writers just to write like baby i love you baby because the <laughs> <laughs> there might be four people in the production that did the beat okay and then there's two people that write the vocal and then maybe they stole a bit of no scrubs right and they'll have to write those people in. Yeah. That's what happens to Ed Sheeran. He had to actually write some of the writers in because okay. they kind of stole it and it was too close. Right. So you end up having like 10, 12 writers on the song. Right, right. Crazy. When you're... um, Something I've wondered about, some of the remixes you've done and mm. stuff like that, how do you get hold of the, the original vocal? Is that something that you have to get off the record company? Well... Does it happen because you know them? Well... How does it all work? A large part is piracy. Okay. <laughs> I steal them. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. This is just a conversation between me and you, right? This is yeah, not yeah, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignore this. <laughs> so like the Sweet Disposition one, the one that kick-started everything. Dude, I was on YouTube. I wrote Sweet Disposition Acapella. That's the first one that came up. Oh, really? And I just clicked like YouTube Converter. Right. Put it in Ableton and pitched it to the pitch. Because also if you pitch it, their algorithms can't pick up okay. on it. So oh, if you nice. use it at the original pitch, sometimes yeah, right. it gets flagged and taken down. But I used that, and then it went a bit wild, and then sweet. Then the Temper Trap actually shared it, and then Island Records got it cleared, so then they cleared the vocal. 
Okay, cool. And then there's other instances where Armada came to me before I was signed to them with Fats and Smalls. Got to turn around. Yeah. You know that tune? Big tune. And they sent me that vocal. Okay, right. Yeah. So, and then, so some of the legit, some of piracy, and then the others that, like, I did a Gorillaz mashup with Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. Oh, really? I'll have to have a look at that one. Yeah, it's great, but it's highly illegal. Right, okay. But it's up there, <laughs> they're pitched, and it's great, and it's a great live one. Yeah. Play it live, because it's, it's really, it's really fun. But I could never release it. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So there's a limit to what vocal you choose. So you um you couldn't get in trouble for performing it live, but you could get in trouble if you tried you to could, release it. Maybe you could, if one of Michael Jackson's lawyers would happen to be there one day. Maybe right. you could okay. be like, "Hey, dude, you're not allowed to play that vocal." And you say, "It's all about love, baby." Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I'd hug him, <laughs> and then hopefully, but they can't really start. And also, there's a there's a big company big thing now is uh, replaying things. So most of the covers you'll hear online, you know, when sometimes you think, oh, that's that's uh, Jackson 5, I want you back. And someone's done a remix of it. Yeah. That'll be a re-sing of it. But they'll right. pitch it and sing it. They'll find someone that sounds like Michael Jackson. So they own the master. Okay, right. Yeah, so it's like when you go into uh, into uh, a clothes shop and they're right, playing the, some weird cover of Weird something. cover of a thing. You're like, that sounds like, yeah, but they, it's like that, but at a really high standard. Okay, yeah. So it's just a cover of it, right. but it sounds like the original. Right, it's yeah. like royalty-free kind of stuff. Exactly. You still have to clear the publishing, so the writers and the publishers, producers still get money. Right. But whoever owns the master, whoever owns the microphone cables that they recorded down... Of course, there's all the rights, yeah. ...owns his voice. Did you learn went. about any of that in uh, Lipper? I learned a bit. a bit in my college course, and I quite enjoyed that side of it. Yeah, it was interesting, and also like, what I'd seen how many artists have been fucked over yeah it's like what yeah horrific yeah. horrific stories of like people not owning their masters ever yeah. and like for 60 years like someone was telling me that Carol King all the all the Motown like the whole back catalogue she got paid like a six grand advance for it back then like paid her rent because they used to just sit in a writing room yeah back in those days Capitol Records or something I might be wrong but she played the piano and write all these songs get the advance thing yay but that label is still making royalties from all their songs and she's not making a penny apparently shocking isn't it well she's obviously making money from other songs yeah crazy right yeah massively how do um, royalties work with Spotify because I've heard some people dog on Spotify I know I, some I, people I, seem to think it's great for the industry I hear the same thing dude I, and as I stand I'm cool with it my royalty checks are, are, are alright maybe it's because I write more of the song okay Maybe people like if you're on a ten a tenth split of a song, you probably you're obviously gonna see less of the royalty yeah. of the streaming. Yeah. But I think I think oh man, I don't this is where my manager comes into play because yeah, he yeah. knows this like through and through. I know a really basic version of it and I think that's why songwriters are getting a bit shafted now because people are making money on the masters on the streaming. Right. But because they're not buying oh man, I don't I don't I, I right, don't okay, know yeah. I don't know enough about it, but We'll have to have your manager on. We'll have to have we'll have to have Jesse on here because yeah. I hear the same thing. People like Spotify's the worst thing, and other people like there's never been more money yeah. in music yeah. than now. Right. Maybe it's just looking. I don't know. Maybe it's owning owning your owning your music's always been the key. Right. Like not having a publisher. If you if you own 100 percent of your master or 50 percent with a writer, then you're not splitting it with anybody else. So, so. explain to someone how. How you could end up not owning your music then? If you wrote it, if you wrote you recorded it, it yourself in your own studio, yeah. Right now, I want to get this out to the world. What could happen where you end up not owning it? So, you record a song, then a company 
like Warner Chapel come to you going, we love what you write. The record company? No, publishing company. Oh, sorry, right. Yeah, so record would be to own your masters, which you make money from streaming and stuff. But also the publishing, you make money if you wrote it. Okay. So the publishing company would go, Here's, we, we, we'd give you this amount of money so you can live as a songwriter, but we'd own... One or, one fee. One fee, yeah. and maybe they'd give you it again in two years when okay. you've done another 10 songs. Right. You know, there's installments. Yeah. Maybe. Um, loads, of, loads of deals are different. Yeah, cool. But, um, and you would then, they would own what comes out of your brain into your fingers. They would own 75%, 70% of it. You'd own 25% of it. Right. Until you recoup that money they have given you. Okay. So if they give you 100 grand, uh, you basically work your 25% all the money back until you've made 100 grand and then you'll start making money on those songs. Right. But so that, could, but again, that's, it can it's, be a long it's all journey. deal for deal as well, right? There, there'll be deals like that. There'll be some worse, better. And then the other deals where it's 50-50 and people are like, oh, cool, you get less of it upfront, but you also get their infrastructure their things that they can put on adverts yeah. if you get one advert on a bloody ford advert yeah. you've made that advance back right and then everything after that because if you're on a ford advert then you're probably going to maybe go on the radio then you probably might have a hit with that song yeah so then you're you've recouped and now you're making money on that song right and you own it yeah that's the ideal place to be yeah but if you take a too high of advance and you don't recoup then you're just in debt to this company you never really own it never really stuff. own it okay right mm. hence managers hence managers getting the best deal not going for something too high on one side and you know and not and also letting your artist live yeah letting him come to a studio and not have to work a nine-to-five job which is so helpful with yeah. creating more music yeah yeah Oh God, it's a long winding road, bro. <laughs> I feel like I'm stressing you out. Talk... <laughs> <laughs> the business side of my brain starts going for it. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, why do I do music? <laughs> <laughs> now remember why you do it. All this stuff. Yeah, man. The love. And it took you to some amazing places, oh, right? Your touring God. schedule looks like a lot of fun. Dude. America and South America. That's one place I've never managed to work and I've always wanted to. But I... I couldn't recommend going to Latin America enough. Like yeah. it is one of the most beautiful places, the most beautiful people. We did like a couple of shows in Colombia and we did Argentina, Guatemala, Mexico, Peru, Uruguay. Yeah. All these places I would never have been to. Yeah. We did South Africa. I've got like a good little following going in South Africa Working. now. Still haven't done Australia or New Zealand or that side of the world. And I did a show in Hong Kong for a festival called uh, Clock and Flap. Right. It was wicked. Started the set with about 100 people. I was like, oh, bollocks, this is going to be small weather. Three songs in, there's like 8,000 people. Yeah. And I don't know what happened or why my music works so much there. But the next day, I, I went into the, <laughs> the top 100 Hong Kong charts or some shit, iTunes chart for really? one of my songs. Yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. They must have all gone that day yeah. and streamed my song. And, that's the power of live music. Yeah. If I, like, you know, I went onto that stage and they saw it and the live experience is it's so powerful still. Yeah, yeah. That it can it can work like that. So if you if you're living on the road, it it works. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about live music, isn't it? It'll never go, man. Yeah. And yeah, the the feeling live music can create. Mm. So I was lucky enough to work uh, on the Pyramid stage at 2017 oh, at Glastonbury. Sick. And the uh, shout out to Foo Fighters bass 
bass guitar tech who let me watch the whole set from his his little world. Sick. So I stood there and watched the Foo Fighters. Now I'm going to put my hands up and say I was never that into the Foo Fighters mm. before this set. And then, but the, I left stage like that was one of the the yeah. in fact the best moment of my working life. Oh, was, did he go up on the drums? No, he didn't. No, didn't they, they didn't have any of that. It was it was all just very rock and roll, just proper rock yeah, and roll. Sick. Particularly when I, you know, seen some ridiculous LED walls all day and all that kind of stuff. And that's then massive now. Get a big sign that says FF. Yeah. And then amps, drums, yeah. and bass. And, and Dave Grohl just working <laughs> the crowd. Yeah. And the crowd working him as well. Yeah. It was just the most like proper, you know, talk about love. It was. Yeah. That, but that's Glastonbury, I think. The, that's the, the vibe you got coming from the crowd was like nothing I could explain really? or ever feel. I've never been there. Never right, been. Man, you should. You're, you're, Music could go down wicked. Oh, at love Why to, have you man. never been? I don't know. Agents. Jess, get into Yeah, come on, Jesse. Jesse, I'm agents. Pull <laughs> your finger out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, stood I stood side stage in Estonia. I think I was at a festival and um, we watched it and they went up on that drum hydraulic thing. Yeah. I, that show is Dave Grohl's powerful. His yeah. voice is like, whew. Yeah. The amount of gigs they must have done. Yeah, it's crazy. And also, you know, you think of how many gigs they've done, and I was watching them, and they looked like they were having a great time. Yeah. I was like, that's so beautiful that they're still looking like that. Yeah, still on stage. loving it. Same as my dad, when I watch him on stage, I'm like, you've done so many gigs, and yet you still look like you're having the best time of your life. Yeah. And that, that's why you can't fake Yeah, that, I don't think. They must just absolutely love it. That's cool. Mm. So your, your dad's done all right. From I remember Hayley, shout out to Hayley for hooking us up whoop, on whoop, this whoop. podcast. Um, she was saying to us because obviously he was big in the eighties, right? So, yes. And it was tours were debauchery, I'd imagine back then. Crazy. But Ailey was telling us he was never drunk. Yeah. Never done drugs. Not a drug. Which is crazy to be that big Cra in the eighties to 80s. tour the world, dude, and stay stay on the straight and narrow. I don't know how. I I think I do know how he did it. He probably replaced drugs and alcohol with women. <laughs> <laughs> Like any good rock star should. Yeah, why? Why all the other rock? But you could have it all if you want. Yeah, why I'm one of nine siblings or eight siblings? We don't even know. I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think, and that's why he's so fit now still, and that's yeah. why he's still, still straight on it and still, still doing, doing it. music. Yeah, still man. Loving it. Yeah, dude. I really, really believe it's because of alcohol and and the drugs. Because he also lost his brother through substance abuse and drugs. Really? Yeah, because he was in a band before with him and. He went off the rails because of because of that, which right. is so sad because he was amazing musically. Yeah, yeah. It's such a waste and it's common as well. But though, Dad right? saw that firsthand, and I think that's why he must have gone, Nah, man, not for me. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I want like a twenty-day no alcohol thing right now. Oh, you really? Yeah, I, man. I did um, three months last year oh, actually. Nice. Was, yeah, I'm um, trying to get to hundred days. Oh, you really? Yeah. That's not that's not through um, one year no beer by any chance. It's is not. It? It's just okay. me and my girlfriend. Do day, I think. Oh, nice. We just went, let's not drink. Yeah. Because I also, like I was saying, balance is key. Yeah. I know when I go on tour, I can turn into a bit of a savage. Yeah. And I was just like, let's go, let's party. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in Mexico. Let's Mexico, happen. Brazil, Chile. Anywhere. Yeah. I know I'm going to have a cerveza there and I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. So right, right now I'm just studio home, studio home, studio home. Make the most out of that and try and get my body refreshed and yeah. feeling good and yeah. back to tip top point. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same because it can be same actually and it can happen on tour because you're yeah. away from home, oh, you yeah. haven't got your home comforts. Mm -hmm. There's a buzz. Exactly. About, there's a buzz about getting back on the tour bus after a gig. Yeah, man. I know there's a whole thing but I'd also love to get to a point where I don't even 
crumbling under that pressure of let's yeah. have a beer that's like, exactly why I did nah, it I'm going to have a lemonade yeah. while you have a beer and we're going to have a, or alcohol free beer I've got alcohol free beers in the fridge now because yeah. when I'm producing sometimes I used to have a little beer yeah. now I have that and I'm like it's the same feeling but I'm not getting because after about an hour drinking a beer that concentration's gone I'm yeah. not producing anything good anymore really yeah I can't do it like you get sloppy you get a bit lazy your eyes go a bit and then two hours later you're home yeah so having that just takes gives me the feeling that i'm doing it yeah i i found alcohol free beers helped when yeah go, going out because it 100%. still feels like you're part of the, part of the party, but... yeah there's a bar in london a brew dog completely alcohol free bar heard that, yeah. yeah went bold, there the other bold night move yeah be bold interested move. to see what it's like actually now they do it's amazing that's a, again something we were talking about earlier before we started recording about how th i think things well i think it was on the podcast sorry mm mindfulness and things shifting yeah dude that's like right up there my girlfriend works for uh an alcohol free company called ish okay and they do like rum ish and gin ish oh, like right. a danish company out of copenhagen and so she's like she's seeing this real big wave of movement happening with yeah they call it the no low no and low yeah alcohol amounts um big movement happening yeah well it's it's obvious isn't it when we've gone from Bex, which was the only one in the fridge anywhere ever. Yeah. Now they've all got them. Now, yeah. you know, Heineken's it's the really, Heineken really and good there's one, the, actually. There's the IP there's the, even a Budweiser, yeah. The Brewdog one. Brewdogs. It's great. There's quite a few. It's great. My favourite's probably the Heineken, I think. Yeah, that is that mm. is a go-to. Yeah. That seems to be the best stop to go. Yeah, but I would love to get to a point to just wipe it. Because I, I, I toured Europe at the beginning of 2019 and I put non-alcoholic rider. Oh, nice. Not like beer on the rider. Yeah. I mean, the texts were like... But, you know, in those kind of gigs, you're in the van yeah. after the gig and you're okay. driving back to the hotel. Then you're knackered. You either go to the hotel for a bar at the bar for a yeah. drink or you're in bed. And that's so, never fun. Hotel bars yeah, are never man. that good. You're just holding on to a moment. You're grabbing yeah. onto a moment. It's good to maybe debrief if there was something wrong with the show. Yeah. But when it's particularly when you're doing Europe and you're in the back of a van, it's easier than hotels and Mexico and you're there on the night. Yeah. You know, you're getting taxis back. Yeah. So it was quite easy to do. And for that week I did, you know, seven gigs and absolutely no alcohol. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. I'm I'm experiencing all these gig con full consciously. Con yeah. yeah. And after the gigs I'm not getting sloppy. I'm not waking up with a hangover. I'm keeping my voice. Yeah. Nothing good comes from drinking alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's so there's some there's some good stories out there. That's Great fair, stories, <laughs> probably yeah. But for you personally, the next day that story's not so funny yeah. anymore. When you right, right. I mean, so many amazing things have happened when you're drunk. It's so funny. Yeah. So many good moments. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, oh man. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I did it for the same reasons yeah. actually. So I can, <clears throat> I can stop or stop at one or just say no, which is mm. probably better. Because that's the other thing I found is you'd have one even if you get home after yeah. work and. You're watching Netflix. You yeah. have one beer, and then you have another one, yeah. and then you might have two more. And then the next day, I think, why on earth did I do that? I was happy after one. Dude, my thing was red wine. Right. And with the bottle of red wine, you got the bottle. Yeah. And you pour one, and then it's so easy to have another one. And that that was my way of like uh, resting at Deep night. Depressing. Like, yeah. So bad to have to rely on alcohol to to soothe my mind. Yeah. Um. So we got one of those. We got one of those vape pens with. CBD oil in it okay nice and that was cool but I didn't know I'm not really a vapor I don't smoke either yeah. but it was nice because sometimes it just rested the mind and not have to yeah. to drink alcohol but now yeah. I just go home and meditate really <laughs> yeah I go home mine's buzzing like last night it was buzzing 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 and then I just put on some 
relaxing music yeah uh, on like spotify or youtube whatever and just sit in my chair and 20 minutes meditation nice so yeah. i wanted to talk to you about that um and chris said make sure you talk to him about psychedelics as well because mm. i remember you saying recently um and i'll be really interesting because this would be helpful for me something that you said about um you found yourself chasing success yeah just before the album come out you've, yes you've, it was you like found the, that yeah dude but that was the whole island thing with the with the success of amp system we ended up releasing songs and trying to recreate that same thing yeah and then up not i didn't like i said i didn't know what i liked anymore yeah so, and we were just chasing and chasing and chasing just success not not good yeah uh, it yeah. was i just wanted the same success and, and i got so sweet swept up in it yeah what, I, did, what did you find I the sort myself. of side effects of that were? Like when did you realise I need to check? I need to check myself here. What's happening? When someone when when I heard a song and I didn't know if I liked it or not, uh, just a, uh, a random song on Spotify or someone went, "Oh, do you like this?" and I went, uh, I, d- "I didn't know." Right. I was like, "What's that saying about music I'm making?" And it was also uh, blindly going through and not looking around me at other people that might have been affected by my blindness. Yeah. I mean, neglecting relationships, not seeing people because I'm just on this mission. Yeah. I'm like, Bleh, I need to go and <laughs> do things. And yeah. if I make more money, then I'll be happier. Yeah. I have that success. And, and then I just, and I was like, wait, I haven't seen my mum in this. I haven't spoke to my brother. I haven't, and I was like, yeah. so it's that kind of, I, I, I don't know what came first, the mushrooms, the meditation or the realization. I don't right. know which one yeah. all just happened at the same time where I just went, whoa. Are you, down, are you, would you describe yourself as quite a driven person? Uh, so, I'm in this studio every single day making music. But that's because I just love doing it, not because I'm driven to do something with it. Yeah. So, I guess you could see that as driven. I guess my girlfriend does have to force me sometimes to have a day off. Right, yeah. She's like, no, t-. and when I do have a day off, it's the best thing in the world. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I've got so much more to write about now. Yeah. So much more perspective. Yeah. So I guess I'm driven in a way that I look, oh, I don't know. I don't know because it's doing, oh. am I driven? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm driven because when I look at that live setup, knowing what goes into rehearsing for a show, with new songs, I'm in there every day. Yeah, I know what I have to do. Yeah, in order for it to be good. Yeah, so I I know it's a long process. Yeah, and I don't slack off. Yeah. I'm like there in the morning, there till two in the morning, and it's a long, long, painful pro- process. But I don't see it's painful. But I guess yeah. other, if someone looked at me and and I told them what I've been doing, they'd be like, "Wow, you you're determined. You're that's a driven yeah. attitude, I guess." Yeah. But I don't see myself as like driven well i guess because it comes from the that that sweet spot doesn't it it's something that you love doing yeah i think it's that i think it's that it doesn't seem driven but it actually is but then i guess when you come away from when you forget yourself come away from why you do it mm. and now you start thinking because i want more people to hear it or i want more money yeah or recognition then yeah. things get a bit squirrely right that's when things got weird yeah it became about money and and success and fame yeah because i i've been been through something similar myself really just finding myself frustrated because almost my goals were money goals it was like i want to earn this and i should get to be able to i want to start charging more this rather than that it was all about money and then interesting again when i did a bit of perspective looking back at the new year i just thought right this year i just want to do things that make me happy i've been focused on money 
Yeah, dude. And success. And it's made me fucking miserable. 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 Everyone was sold this idea that more money equals happiness. Yeah. And we're, I think we're coming out of that spell now slowly. But I guess the same with me. Like, success, it, the, it was money. It was making money off millions of streams. Yeah. Trying to get that. And when anything... What, oh, who was it? Quincy Jones, I think, in a Netflix documentary. Have you seen it? The movie on Quincy Jones? No, it's I'd love to see brilliant. that. Brilliant. Yeah. He goes, as soon as money is mentioned in the room, uh, genius goes out or yeah. art goes out. Yeah. Because was, someone was talking to him about Michael and he was like, did you know that you were writing the best album that, ever, that was ever going to be written? Did you know how much money you are going to make? He was like, no, because I know that as soon as money is mentioned in the studio, nothing good happens. Right. Yeah. You're making money decisions. Yeah. Nothing good happens from that. Yeah. Maybe making some money, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking spiritually and and a bit deeper than just material things. I don't yeah. think it's good. I no, think it's a good route to take. No, that's and interesting. Now, what, with what what uh, path? What were you money well, for? What for? So mainly is sound engineering, but I'm yeah. progressing other things. So this podcast, yeah. Again, initially we started it just because I love podcasts. Mm. But then I started thinking, well, I should start to look for some advertising money. So right. now I've got to push this, and I should have these followers. And right, and I think it, I, that's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like I, I got quite unhappy doing what I was doing. But then I realised I got unhappy because I was stood still. I wasn't progressing. Oh. I wasn't pushing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody phoned me up. I've got this gig. Can you come and do it? I know how to do it. I'm good at it. Yeah. Go and do it. And just churning them out. Not yeah. all, not always gigs. There's a lot of corporate work yeah, and stuff course. as well. Yeah. And I was just standing still and I realized it was like zero growth. Okay. And I realized, right, I need to be growing. But then it's like catch 22. Then it's like I start pushing myself to grow and start thinking, right, where could I take this? Yeah. I should be looking for little promotions here, little promotions there. Mm. But then before you know it, then it's money this money that it's the sweet spot yeah well the difficult thing is is for me it's not about so i can go and buy a new watch right it's so i can not have to work so much so, so i can, you can have do it more improve improve my house so i'm, I'm happier in my little nest nice. at home you know 100 it always comes from there yeah but when you make it about that about the money that pays for them things yeah it doesn't then work. it's like oh this <laughs> yeah. is shit yeah i'm well unhappy now what's yeah. happening yeah wow it's interesting for me i just found myself getting frustrated at tiny things yeah okay and i listen to um podcasts like joe rogan's and mm. they talk about psychedelics and london real is a really good one i don't know if you heard of london real london real no um no but yeah, they joe... talk about psychedelics they're quite a big um podcast and he'd always say he knew that he had to do a psychedelic experience when he found himself waiting in waiting in a queue and being like, oh, fuck, fucking hell, fuck this Dude. fucking queue. Yeah. And then he was like, whoa there. Whoa you need there. to go and take some psychedelics <laughs> and li- have a little reset. Yeah. And for me, that was that's what it is as well. It's like mini frustrations. Mini frustrations that get to you. You're like, yeah. what? Nothing getting to you. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Do you meditate? Yes, but I've dropped it mm. at the moment. The, the hab- I can't form the habit. Can't form the habit. I started... Me, um, did me neither. It's tough. Headspace. Yeah, it got was, right into it. That was wicked. And it kind of taught me how to meditate. Absolutely, which was nice. me too. But me again, too. Have to having a kid last year. Oh, like, all bets are off. So. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. You know, he's he's one in March. So was you know, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Absolutely. But there's, I don't have any routine to my life either. And that must be a meditation that must is be wild. Yeah. Yeah, meditation is very much suited to routine. But these are all yeah. just excuses. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but meditation helps so much with the, the little things like yeah. that because you start to realise, oh, that does not matter at all. Yeah, traffic jams and someone cuts you up, you're like, it's all right, man, you go ahead, go for it, you yeah. do your thing. Yeah, 
you want to get there two seconds earlier that's all good yeah um but it also helps you not to judge people i've found so 100%. someone cuts you up before before you snap at them you might just think they might be in a rush anywhere i don't know they might they? be in a rush. what's happening to yeah, them yeah, yeah yeah i've started to st- started taking things personally go why have they done that yeah and and just increasing my compassion for a- a- everything yeah it's been really helpful but tough because you do forget it easily yeah when something does annoy. you have to keep it up every day you, right? you gotta think about it. yeah and and i'm back into the routine now but there was a big time when i, I stopped doing it and you, and when you think when you think that you aren't giving yourself five minutes to sit down it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> it really is but it's literally five minutes i haven't got five minutes five, five minutes to myself. sit and do nothing what are you talking about you're mental yeah how did you get into it I got into I was I had the headspace thing that's the that was the first thing. I must have been when I was on tour I can't remember how I learned to buy it might have been a podcast yeah I don't use any apps now which is cool I just use the background noise sometimes like nature like a okay, wave nice. or yeah. something um but my girlfriend um I think was into was into that world she's vegan and the, the plant based medicines and the meditation and the mindfulness and yeah. she was really in crystals and auras and okay, she's yeah, yeah. really into that so it was an amazing influence in my life going into that okay well so she, i think she brought that to me yeah and then i just went on my own little self-discovery nice with it and then talk about see the psychedelics i've never done have you never done them I just keep hearing and hearing about it and i'm like dude people calling them like <laughs> ego crushing uh, dude. a complete reset that's it the ego is the is the reason why we're all in this crazy place. Yeah, we've got such huge egos, and we're so scared of letting them down or letting our shields down. And... Caught in our own little shit. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's toxic. But psychedelics just breaks. Oh man, I don't know. We we did a lot. Of, well, the first thing we did was an LSD trip, and that yeah. was like I've never done anything like that before. And she's like, "No, trust me, it's just me and my girlfriend in the flat. We had like." Some music on, candles. It was chilling, and it was it was amazing. We had Abbey Road on, right? And I felt like I was in the cable. I was inside the cable, right? Receiving John Lennon's voice really? through the reverb plates, and I was feeling music and and seeing these geometric shapes and just and then there was an overriding sense of oneness. Everything I was looking at plants, like oh, we're the same, right? Oh, me and you, the exact same. And it was so wonderful. Yeah. So beautiful. And then, I mean, after the sixth hour, I was like, all right, I just want to go to bed now. And everything's melting. <laughs> <laughs> Six hours. It went on that long. They went on eight hours. Shit. But we took it too late because we were just like, oh, let's have a little thing. Yeah, it went on for like eight hours. Um, and after the six hours, when my girlfriend's face was melting into the pillow, I was Shit. like, oh, I just want <laughs> Stop it now. <laughs> but then the next time, we... um. We did a lot of mushroom trip. In was a it little... scary at any point? Uh, uh, so when we had John, have you heard of John Hopkins music? Yes. Yeah. Amazing album. He has a song that went quite dark. And when you're in those trips, every sense, everything works with the feel, with everything. You're just, okay. it's all one. Yeah. So when a dark chord or a melody or a deep dark bass line or a grumble happened, things would like go black and purple. And there would be an over sense of like, not fear, but like, uh, like a doom, like a, you know, when the clouds over yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and you'd be like, oh, this this isn't that cool, but you're kind of working it all out, looking at all these, uh, this whole world that you've created in your mind. That's fucked up. I know. And then a chord would go, 
and you oh, it would go yellow and everything would just vibrate like like this and it's like the, the energy is literally dude, connected i'll look at my hand and i could see auras like over each finger like that and it's like just like waves vibrating off things like that it was beautiful <laughs> wow it was beautiful and then i was like okay that was intense let's this i i wouldn't probably wouldn't do an lsd trip again yeah unless it was in some other circumstance i don't know but i wouldn't actively do it but mushrooms much more gentle natural earthy yeah feeling like comes in waves and then it kind of floats and we did that with like IMAX because actually Zoe, my girlfriend, did uh, psilocybin tr uh, tests. They're, they're opening it up again for medical research because uh, right. they closed it down for years yeah, yeah. and they're now opening it up. Sorry, is it psilocybin? Is that the that's the drug? That's the compound inside magic mushrooms. Yeah, that that trips that uh -huh. make, that makes it different from the yeah. average mushroom. And and she they go into these trials uh, and some are given test subjects at uh, placebos. And and they're and they're basically trying to use mushrooms to cure all sorts of things like yeah. schizophrenia and 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 anxiety and depression and because the, they can realign neuropaths neuro pathways in really? your brain. Yeah, dude. There was this guy, I've forgotten his name, took a hero's amount of mushrooms. I was listening to this on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he goes up a tree <laughs> somewhere. There's a huge storm. Takes a bag of mushrooms, clings onto this tree like, all night, and he's got a stammer. He's always had a stammer for twenty something years. Uh -huh. Comes down off the tree, he's got no more stammer for the rest of his life. And he said that when the doctors tested his brain, there were pathways going to the pathway that hadn't been linked up before that were creating a stammer. Right. And it's now proven that that mushrooms can can realign things, and you might can literally bring... move the paths, change yeah, things. Dude. Which is. Oh. I think they're going to save the world one day, mushrooms. Yeah. Because you, you don't get addicted to them either. And it's nuts that they're illegal. Yeah. But alcohol isn't. Yeah. Do you very, know what I mean? Very crazy. This eye-opening, wonderful, natural medicine that comes from the earth is illegal. Yeah. That makes you feel connected to other human beings. Yeah. No, no, that's illegal. Sorry, not allowed yeah. to say that. So there was Here's one time. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, to, right, I wanted to experiment in here with music. Yeah. And it, so I, I, I micro, uh, microdosed three mushrooms and I produced the record and it was the most wonderful experience. I was in it for like, th it only lasted three oh, hours on my own. Yeah. Three hours and I was, I no longer knew that that was C major. It just felt like, really. it was, I was feeling and I would play chords until it felt right. Wow. And then I was just playing drums and everything was through a different receptor. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no like, Oh, if I do that, then that works with that. There's no thinking. No thinking. It was just intuition. Wow. And that was so lovely. But I've always been scared of doing music on drugs because I'm like, what if I make the best thing in the world high? Right. Then okay. I have to be high every time. Yeah. And I can see how that might get addictive. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't. And I've right. done it. I've done it once after, but that was like last year, and I've only done it twice. And I feel no need to do it in, until I'm, I, it feels right to yeah. do. But it was an amazing experience. Was it similar? similar effects between the the two extremes of the um lsd did you say sorry mm. and the mushrooms or... yes one was just a bit more aggressive right okay so the lsd was quite aggressive it was just more full-on yeah like the ship was still moving with mushrooms but it was like in a gentle way yeah maybe if i took more maybe if you took more mushrooms you'd reach the same amount okay yeah of the small yeah. amount of the yeah but and also there's a lot it was more i remember just going into hysteric crying and feeling the pain someone went through for losing uh, a family member right and i felt this pain i was crying like hysterically and then for like 10 minutes and then i was laughing right for 10 minutes going through these extremes it felt like purging of 
of emotions yeah, that I yeah. have dealt with. Which well, is that's what they say quite a lot about the um, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Yeah. Which my girlfriend's always done. Also, she's put me into a, a Snowdonia weekend away where we're going to take an ayahuasca trip. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So I'm like a bit skeptical of that one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm open to it, and I think it's these medicines are are they shouldn't be shouldn't be fucked around with they shouldn't be taken like mushrooms and lsd you shouldn't take them at a festival no you shouldn't take them at a party no this should be done in ceremonial yeah or healing purposes yeah like with a real respect for nature and where it came from yeah love that yeah man so it, it's uh, when people give it a bad rep oh don't do mushrooms you'll jump off the top of the building because you're feeling good i don't know maybe that's because you're around all these energies at a house party and yeah. you shouldn't be like that because you're really be receptive. To, yeah, you're, you're you're really feeling people's energies. Yeah, which we all have, which we're all shut off from. I think. Yeah, from natural. But yeah, that's the mind-bending shit. The the stuff you said about energy and seeing, dude, seeing the colours and, and it changing it. with with music, with the vibe and with the music. Yeah, and... felt like the whole earth shuddered when there was like a sub drop. Went everything on my feet. Just, nothing was shaking. It was just. Do you know what I always? It makes me sit wondering: Is it there all the time? This energy, right? We, we can only see it when we. I think we're like an antenna. I think we're like a TV show. We're, we're only plugged into one channel right now. Yeah. And I think mushrooms open it up to the ten channels. Yeah. And we go, oh, we get sky, and yeah. we're like, oh fuck, look at all these channels. <laughs> but humans couldn't evolve going. Oh man, what this is so cool. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't reproduce. <laughs> People are like, babe, look, oh, yeah. this is great, you know. Yeah. So I think we've evolved to kind of go, just see this, yeah. So we can build, we can build Canary Wharf, make money, and reproduce. Yeah, yeah. But now we're in this predicament where we're, we're more unhappy than we ever have. Come a bit too far away from it. A bit too far away, and I think we should all take a step back and 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 open those. There was a study on BBC World Service about with monks and meditation. Right. And they did put all the brain receptors on. And they saw in their brain, they were like hardcore meditators. They saw in their brain, the um, the pathways opened up that when you have the, we call it the eureka moment. Uh-huh. Could be like in Scrabble when you realize that that word fits and yeah. you're, oh, you know that feeling? Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, that's what I have to do. Or that's yeah. what that equation is. That feeling, those pathways that usually will last a millisecond with me and you were on in their brain. Really? Imagine walking around feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh yeah someone cuts you up you're clearly going to be like and that's yeah do you know what I mean yeah I've heard Russell Brand talk about it and mm. um, coming from a place of rather than judging a situation it's just like rolling with it almost it's like yeah right okay this is happening now this is happening it doesn't mean anything else other than this is happening now yeah and it's true when you put it so simply like that it's so obvious yeah but so hard when it's happening to you yeah exactly yeah but when you if I think if you train your mind more it becomes definitely something to fall back on yeah it takes work though doesn't it does it does it does but I, the the tiny tiny amount i've seen that i've done it, it it's worth it yeah for sure i feel much happier now and much more at ease and much more calm yeah on a daily basis especially traveling through the rather high tunnel <laughs> you need a whole load of meditation to get yeah, to the right absolutely you need to, <laughs> you need to come prepared with your mindset yeah, yeah. got the mushrooms in the passenger seat yeah ready so did you um, did you change to vegan or was you already vegan before you no, met your girlfriend? It changed. She she was vegetarian for all life and then went vegan. And just so happens that she's an amazing cook and she Quite. works as a personal chef. 
Oh, wow. in a, she used to work at a place called Redemption, which is a plant-based restaurant in London. She, she managed that for the year, and she's actually now studying to be a naturopathic, uh, working that naturopathic, uh, nutritionist. Okay, nutritionist, cool. sorry. Um, so she just knows everything there is to know about food, and I'm the worst cook in the world. Right. I can't cook. I'm like frozen so pizza. Heaven. I know. I'm like frozen pizza or nothing. Yeah. So meeting her was amazing and cooked. So she, she got me onto the vegan lifestyle and it's, it's been amazing. Did you literally go from meat eater to vegan? Or? Yeah, dude. I was like hardcore. Really? Yeah. But we, we used to like date night was the roll of camembert uh-huh. and, uh, and celery sticks and bread and then yeah. the movie. So like everyone says, cheese was the hardest thing. Yeah. Because I remember you saying you were going to fact check if dopamine yeah, yeah. was in the cheese. I don't know if you ever yeah. did, but I've heard the same thing. Like, yeah. There's like the same thing that's in heroin is in cheese. Like it's yeah. addictive to yeah. us. So, but I still gave it up and I can't even, I can't touch, I can't eat cheese now right. or milk. Um, yeah. Like sometimes when I'm eating a pack of crisps, I'll turn it around and I'll find out there's milk powder in it. And it's the most frustrating thing. They put milk powder in crisps. Right. Yeah, dude. And, and I'm like, oh, so I can't, I'm now like whittling it down all the little, the, the snacks you can have okay yeah. so much milk powder and shit how have you found um things like that or the work you've now got to put in to um it, to look, be vegan uh easier in london because okay yeah cool loads of things Again, going on and that little cat lunch on. that i had zoe cooked yeah i did wonder that as you said <laughs> that she's a, a, a chef yeah we get this wicked um fresh vegetable delivery thing in a cardboard box and they just bring loads of wicked veg so she just cooks up it's like lentils and just sweet potatoes and, and just like beetroots but she knows all about because you speak to vegans or people that try veganu and go oh so weak and I was fainting and I think that's just because you're not getting the right things you need everything or probably not eating enough or enough yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That's, again from watching um, hopefully I don't know if you've seen the documentary Game Changers yeah dude amazing um, and the vegan bodybuilder and the vegan strongman in that yeah and you just realise, so pe- people are like, oh, vegans can't get enough protein. And it's like, well, you absolutely can. You just, they probably need to eat a bit more than. Right. So obviously to get 20 grams of protein from beans, you need a big ass bowl of beans. Need a big bowl, not just a small bit of thing that you're used to. Yeah. And yeah. Well, people are probably even That's not the... eating enough. Did you listen to the Rogan debates on that? No. So um, Joe Rogan had uh, a guy on, a scientist who completely debunked Game Changers. He was like, Called, no way. Called a lot of it out. No way. And then James Wilkes, the guy who made the documentary, yeah. was like, listen, give me a chance to come on and defend myself. This guy's just pulled my documentary apart. Can I come on and defend it? Rogan's like, absolutely. Got the, both two of them together. Oh, and they sick. sort of had it out. And James Wilkes done amazing. Like, he come prepared with Did his he? facts. And he and he, he kind of shut this other guy down. Did he? Yeah. So it was, it was pretty impressive. But a lot of the stuff they touched on was, yes, you do need to supplement with your B12, B12. which will be... Um, yeah. Uh, a lot related to energy but then but he also then goes on to say that actually the majority of animals get get given b12 exactly that's where you're getting your b12 exactly not from not from the actual animal yeah yeah so you're actually getting it from plants yeah yeah and i just i i'm i've not i mean i went 28 years of eating meat and fish and dairy and everything and then only from like 20 28 onwards to now i've been fully vegan so I, I can't go around preaching to people being like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. All I can say is from my knowledge, I'm not fainting. I'm great. I'm having yeah. a great time. And and I just feel great. And I don't know 
this is what I always think. Like, would I be more ill if I was eating fish? Would I have more problems? I don't know. Would I have worse skin? I don't know. Yeah. I had asthma um, a bit and that has gone. Really? Yeah. So maybe that was connected to it. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But yeah. all I can say is I feel good. Yeah. And I'm on a vegan diet. And also we watched um, Earthlings. Have you seen that? No. Do you know what? I'm scared of a couple of them documentaries oh, because it... I, on a daily basis little insight into my mind yeah the 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 planet sustainability population recycling gets it, freaks me out on get, a daily basis yeah dude. like i have to shut it off because because it's overwhelming yeah because we're like what can we do about this wild subject that we feel so powerless to yeah try to try and do our bit but this thing's whacking phoenix again and moby they've done dominion dominion and earthlings yeah and it's some of the most shocking shit yeah so much so that now i'm like on a leather hack from a house really because before it was like oh we owned leather we'd never buy it yeah but we'd still have a card holder that was leather this now i'm like if i've got leather and i'm leather on my shoes or something that's gonna lower my vibrations it's gonna make i'm gonna be conscious of it right knowing where it came from knowing that that was a sentient being that feels just like us i can't then try and give someone else the knowledge or or and be like you should try vegan or you should do this because i'm still yeah contributing it in my brain that was the last piece of the puzzle for me last piece of like like the straw on the donkey's really? back whatever that made me go yeah i i need to get all plant or anything that's related to animal suffering yeah just out of my life because and so i think my girlfriend's now going to do more activism stuff because she's so passionate on it anyway really? she's such an animal lover yeah um, and it's funny before I was like yeah I don't care about animals it's about my health man I'm doing it for my asthma and I'm doing it for because this and now I'm like I'm doing it for the cows and psychedelics and meditation come in D and all of a sudden you're opening up and this is it man I'm opening up to these real feelings that non-selfless yeah kind of man stuff. It's and seeing images of animals like that just breaks my heart and there was a quote and I think it was from Yates or something it said as long as there are, as, as long as there are slaughterhouses there will be battlefields and I, it just hit me I was like that's true as long as we see those animals as lower than us we'll see each other yeah. as the, that person's lower than us we had slaves we had the holocaust we had this women less than us I think that will be seen the same one day as animal cruelty yeah I really do in like yeah. a couple of maybe it'll be a hundred years but we'll look back and we'll go I can't believe you used to treat animals like that yeah the same beings that are on the on the planet with us I think that about um, how we travel as well and stuff like that at the moment and cars and yeah the safety of cars and things like that. I think one day we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah. we used to fucking fly around in these giant metal boxes. Metal boxes that can explode why at crashing. any minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that's overwhelming. My job and flying and the, the environment. Yeah. Well, but, do you know what? This is why I'm a little bit scared of the whole thing because I know when I go down rabbit holes, I fucking go down Yeah, man. Holes. Where do you stop? Yeah. So I'll end up living in the woods in my pants. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of fun. Yeah. I always say that to Zara. I'm like, yo, we need to just go into the into, into yeah. the woods. Make me build a little a cabin of the studio yeah. in the woods. Have you, have you felt that? Again, <clears throat> you talked about um, traffic in London. I'd mm. imagine once you start getting a bit bit woke, for the one, yeah, for yeah, better yeah. word. Hashtag woke. Yeah. yeah. Being surrounded by the craziness of London and yeah. concrete and cars and businesses and people 
all in a rush. I can't tell you how much it's really. You must feel it me. a bit more, right? I it's feel... like when you get healthy, all of a sudden now yes. you eat some shit. Now you're like, you oh really my god, feel I'm it. dying. Hundred percent. It's so interesting that because ever this recently, I've just feeling more and more unrest every day outside of the home. Like walking to the studio, keep coming here. It's a wonderful little space I got here, but everything outside it almost scares me. I'm like, yeah. God, having to drive through. So actually, I've I've now ditched driving in, and I now get the tube. It's a twenty minute walk through over this the park there's a really nice park and then it's the overground which is way better than the underground yeah and then dlr so you're overground the whole way and it's way more chilled because i'm i'm getting way more sensitive to the traffic and the aggression of people yeah and how we just don't care about each other and it's and that's why i'm also trying to move out of london i'm just constantly every day i'm like thinking i need to get out of this place i've yeah. never felt that before yeah never i've always been like london's sick i can get anywhere everyone's here musicians gigs yeah. dope which we must say as well that is cool it's amazing yeah. it's amazing but I think it's again my journey my time in London yeah, yeah. maybe is up what I yeah. needed London for I don't need it for anymore maybe yeah. because Better countryside yeah my dad's got a little house in Sweden with a little lake in the back and I'm like oh, I'd love to go there but Zoe's like what would I do there I'm like, I don't know Yeah, I can't we'll just sit and look at the horizon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm trying to move to Sevenoaks as well yeah yeah Get out there a little bit. 20 minute train to London Bridge, right? Yeah, it's perfect. perfect and then spot. I like a little journey to little the house. Giant park full of deer. Dude, that's what I want in my life. Yeah. That's what I need. But again, it's, it's, it's like we talked about earlier. It's like when I get to that spot, I'll be happy. It's like, that's then, what I'm thinking now. It's like, and then that's the be... issue. That's not good either to think I'm, I'll be happy when I'm I'll there. Get that, when I get that nice house Cause out. When, in, yeah, because yeah, when you're there, what? Yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's what I've been, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about I've got this thing in my mind about this perfect kitchen that I want. And, right. And I want it for all the right reasons because yeah. I want all my family and friends over and I want my son to be able to charge around. To be the area, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, right, how do I get that? You need this much money. Go get that money. It's like, whoa, I've got lost. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> what do I need? For, yeah. What's the point anymore? Yeah. yeah. Well, if I can't be happy without that kitchen, then I'm doing something wrong, right? Right. It's the, yeah, so it's a... 100%. It's a battle. But a good one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think well, I just wanted to finish on yeah. you kind of what what would you say to young musicians out there at the moment again it's a very it's a crazy time with what we've said about all the um, getting people's attention it's probably easier than ever for them to do it themselves but yeah. at the same time very difficult hard to break through the noise hard to break through the noise there must be a lot of your followers must be musicians yeah they are yeah music yeah. lovers mm in the industry in general what what sort of because you've done it you're doing it you're in it yeah and it's yeah I never think about that the fact that I'm doing it and in it yeah. sometimes it feels like I'm clouded crowded by the noise as well yeah trying to break through but and, and if I think I've got it bad how must other people feel like that without the kind of infrastructure that I've got yeah and so then I'm like okay be grateful for where you are and what you've got and it's, it's great and the only advice I think I could give is just it's cliche but don't give up yeah it's the only thing the reason why I think music's so hard or seems so hard is because people give up yeah. and then tell the stories about giving up yeah it's like there's a small percentage that persevere yeah and go don't care don't care doing it you can tell me this don't care failure doing it doing it yeah because one day something will work yeah and, and forget your age forget this forget everything one day something will work if you truly love it. Yeah. If you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. So there might be people that want to do it because they want to be famous. They want to be like 
the famous person that they know or, or something. Yeah. And I'd, maybe you'll get there, maybe you won't, maybe you get there and be ha- unhappy. But it's the people that love it and know that that's their calling. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. But, yeah. I'd imagine then people know as well, right? Because like you, they 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 get fully lost in it. They get fully yeah, lost in it. You know those moments you have, they're yeah. magical moments where creation comes from somewhere you don't know. Yeah. And you feel like you're just a funnel, you're just a vessel. Really? And you're just going, blah, 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 and it's come from somewhere else. Yeah. And then you're out of the spell and that's when you realise you're hungry. Yeah. And it's 11pm or whatever. Um, but those, yeah, the, pe- the anybody who feels that knows that they're onto something. Yeah. They, they're channeling some kind of creativity from somewhere. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to persevere when everything else is slapping you in the face. It's yeah, like, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, keep going. Love it. Listen, thanks a lot for your time. Um, it's been fun. Where should uh, where should where should people follow you most? Where are you most active? Probably Instagram. Yeah, younger cool. under younger underscore music. Nice. Yeah, and uh, Facebook. No, not really. Twitter sometimes. Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And thanks, absolutely love what you're doing. Love your message, mate. Keep it up. This studio setup is quality. It's fun, isn't it? Again, I can like I was I was hooked once once I'd looked in and watched your performances and seen how into the music you were. I was yeah, like, man. wicked. I can't wait to go and do this podcast. Right on. So. Well, I mean, we've met each other twice now, right? Yeah, subconsciously the first absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Mad. It's been a pleasure. I, I literally remember miking up congas as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. Quality. <laughs> Probably got that gig somewhere online. Yeah. Amazing. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Great chatting. Thank you. There you go. Younger. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Great time. What a goddamn beautiful human being. Um, His passion for music, his passion for the performance, for me, is is just really contagious. You should see his studio. It's amazing. You can can see it on some of his online videos. It's a real treasure trove, a real Aladdin's cave for a musician. There's percussion everywhere, keyboards everywhere, and he can play all of it. It's really cool to see. Um... I love how he gets lost in his work um, or, or lost in anything you know if, if it doesn't have to be work it's just just so happens he earns money out of it but if if you've got that one thing that you can get completely lost in where you forget to eat and you don't know what the time is whatever that thing is do fucking more of it man because that is cool that is what it's all about just finding something you love and do it all the flipping time because that's what it's all about um yeah thanks again for listening please uh like please subscribe rate review all that good stuff gives us uh more ears um so we can keep doing this thanks a lot see you next time